Did you hear the secret? And if you don't know the answers you want to know, right? Oh, come on now. You're human. Yes, you want to know. Though never directly saying it, the Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians appears to be writing to a church that had some whisperers in it. Some people going, Psst, hey, hey, did you hear what, what Epaphras said? Did you know he said you only have to do this much to be made right with God? Psst, did, did you know he said you only had to do this much? They're saying we have to do one thing. They're saying we have to do another thing. Oh, what is it? What, what's the mystery? Whisperers. The Apostle Paul, sitting in his jail cell, appears to have heard the beginning of the rumbles of rumors going. So you want to know his response? Shh! Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That was Paul's response to the whispers. Now, almost all scholars agree that there was some sort of early, uh, early heresy forming in the Colossian church. Nobody really knows what exactly it was, but they agree that Paul was trying to address this in his letter to the, to the Colossians. He was trying to say, wait, wait, wait a minute. Before this blows up, let me address a few things. Paul cared deeply for this church, even though he had never been there. You see that in 2 verse 1. He'd never been there, and yet he wanted to dispel the whispers. He wanted to say, wait a minute. Now, before you start thinking that this is a church full of whisperers, full of heretics and heresy formers, they were doing some things really, really well at that church. You can see this in Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. And we're going to be in the book of Colossians all morning. You've got a little bulletin insert. You can follow along there. If, if you can keep up, we'll flip back and forth to the different verses. This church was doing some things good. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 and following. Paul says, We always pray for you. And we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love of all God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. It says you're doing some things good. In fact, verse 6, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed yours from the day you first heard it and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on our behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. This church was doing some good things and it was doing things good. Paul says in chapter 2, verse 5, I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. So there was good things going on in that church, but there still must have been some whispers going on. Some, some early stages of heresy. Like I said, nobody really knows what it was, but we can take clues from several things in the text. Just for fun this morning, we're going to look at a couple of the possible things that it could have been. 
A couple of the possible whispers. It's wondered if the people were whispering about the adequacy and supremacy of Christ. Paul could have been addressing that when he said in chapter 1, verse 15 and 19, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ. That speaks to adequacy and supremacy. Now it could also have been that Paul was trying to address whispers of what was Christ's role in creation. Some people were saying something. Others were saying another thing. Paul makes it very clear. Chapter 1, the second half of verse 15 and following. Paul writes, Christ existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else and He holds all creation together. Is there questions about Christ's role in creation? Paul says, read that. It could also have been that people were whispering about whether or not Christ was truly a human. Whether He was fully human. Paul seems to address that a couple times. Chapter 1, verse 22, he says, Yet now God has reconciled you to Himself through the death of Christ in His physical body. Chapter 2, verse 9, For Christ lives... For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. You think Christ is really human? Paul addresses that. What were all the whispers about? There are other opinions also. Some think the brewing heresy had something to do with smooth talkers and with very smart sounding arguments. Chapter 2, verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Others think Paul was trying to address the potential heresy of some demonic-type powers. He calls them rulers and authorities. Chapter 1, verse 16 He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Chapter 2, verse 10, So you are also complete with Christ through your union with Christ, who is head over every ruler and authority. Five verses later, In this way, Christ disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His death on the cross. In the Colossian church, there seems to be a lot of hushed tones. A lot of quiet conversations taking place. A lot of questions. Now Paul knew this. Paul knew there were questions and he knew there was some stuff that was harder to understand. So he says in chapter 1, verse 24 and following, He says, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for His body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving His church by proclaiming His entire message to you. This message was kept secret, Paul says. was kept secret for centuries and generations, but now has been revealed to God's people. Paul recognized that there were some things that that seemed secretive or some things that were confusing. 
He says in 2 verse 2, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan. Very similar in verse chapter 4 verse 3. Pray for us too, Paul says, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about His mysterious plan concerning Christ. Mysteries mean questions, and questions demand answers. So Paul, stop messing with us. Give us the answer. And he does. Chapter 1, verse 27, the second half, Paul says, this is the answer. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ lives in you and you have the assurance of a shared future glory. He says Christ is all that matters. And He lives in you. Chapter 3, verse 11. There it is. The secret is out. So what was the heresy? Doesn't matter. Because Paul says Christ lives in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Don't worry what they're saying. Christ in you. Don't worry what they're saying. Christ lives in you. I started reading Colossians in the 6th of this month over and over and over again. And and I remember very clearly the first time I read it on August 6th, I put it down just dumbfounded. I was floored by two things that this book really does. First, it draws everything, life, faith, everything, back to Christ. Of all of Paul's letters, this is the most Christocentric. I I took a a highlighter and underlined, and every time it it said Christ in my Bible, I underlined it or highlighted it, okay? Looks like it got shot with with an orange and pink paintball gun, right? Imagine what it would have looked like had had I underlined every time it said he and his in relation to Christ also. Everything Paul says ties back to Christ. I was floored by that. Now the second thing, Christ lives in me. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in us. This is a visible image of the invisible God. This is the ultimate beginning. This is the head of the church. He lives in us. Oh, that is amazing. And it just about floored me. But there's more. Paul says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now most of the times when I've said that, most of the times when I've read that, most of the times we've repeated that, I've always thought, well, there's that hope of heaven in the future. You know, sitting on clouds, playing a harp, right? Type of heaven. That's the hope that Paul was talking about. I mean, when we, when we pray the prayer, when we ask Christ into our heart, which so many of us have done, in a lot of ways it's so we don't go to hell. We go to heaven. So Christ says, or, or Paul says, there's Christ in you, the hope of heaven. And there's more. He says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Okay? Glory in the Greek The word for that is doxa. We get the word doxology from there. Doxa could be translated glory. It could be translated honor, renown, or splendor. It could also mean the unspoken manifestation of God. Christ in me. The unspoken manifestation of God. And this ties into the Old Testament word kabo. 
which means to be heavy with. So let that sink in for a minute. Think about that. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the unspoken manifestation of God. Christ in me, to be heavy with God. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in you. You've got God living in there. That's amazing. It's no wonder Paul ever specifically addressed whatever heresy it would be. I mean, he says, I don't care. Christ in you. You're heavy with God. You've got the unspoken manifestation of God in there. God lives in you. What are they whispering about? Christ in you. Period. Period. This totally fits with what Paul writes too. Chapter 1, verse 19. For God in all His fullness. For God in all His fullness. Who? Okay, who? God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Christ lives in you. Chapter 2, verse 9. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human form. All the fullness of God. And Christ lives in you. That's what Paul is saying. Christ in me, be heavy with God. What a thought. Amen? I'm going to trust that the the dumbfounded stares are in awe of what Paul is saying. Okay? Not lack of sleep. What does that mean? Christ in me. The hope of glory. What does that mean for us? For me, for you, for anyone who's able to simply settle on the mysterious, glorious truth that Christ lives in them. What does that mean? Uh, Paul was good enough to answer that for us. Multiple times throughout his book. Now, like I said, I've done a bulletin insert so you can follow along as we go, as we go through this. And I encourage you, go home tonight or tomorrow or the next day and look at the verses that I mentioned. See if, if, if you come up with the same things that they would mean for you as I've come up as I've come up with that it means for me. Christ in me. To be heavy with God, what does that mean? Well, it means you're complete. You are complete. Chapter 2, verse 10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Then we could also say you have been filled in with Christ. Let's say your kids get a shovel and they get some time in the backyard without you watching them and they dig a very big hole. Okay? What do you do? You, you fill it up. Right? You take big rocks and you put them in a hole, but if you look in the hole, there's still spaces. Yes? So what do you do? You take smaller rocks and you try and fill in those spaces, right? And you look and there's still a little bit left over, so you put gravel in there. and Maybe you can't see it now, but there's still some spaces, so you fill it with water. And that water fills in the hole. Christ in you. Christ fills you. He completes you. Every one of us as humans are missing something. Okay? There's the the, the songwriter that says there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. And we will only be complete. We will only be filled in once we have Christ in us. The hope of glory. It means we're complete. What else does it mean? Christ in me, to be heavy with God, means our sinful nature 
has been cut away. Chapter 2, verse 11. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised. But not, not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. The cutting away of your sinful nature. Circumcision. Okay? Doug and Heather got to take uh, baby Sawyer through that last week. When you think of it, you think, ouch! Right? You guys sat in the waiting room. Yeah? You didn't go in and watch because, ouch! Okay? But Christ in us means our sinful nature has been cut away. That's amazing. Christ in me to be heavy with God. Christ in us to be heavy with God. It means we've been raised to new life. Chapter 2, verse 12. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Chapter 3, verse 1 begins, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Now being raised to new life has to be preceded by death. And in 2.20, Paul says you have died with Christ. In 3.3, he says you died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Dying and being raised is part of being heavy with God. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Being heavy with God, it means a transferred kingdom membership. A transferred kingdom membership. Chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. For God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Two weeks ago, before Phil Lowry moved, which Phil got married yesterday, pretty exciting. Very exciting. Two weeks ago, though, before he moved, he came into my office and said, James, can you write a letter of transfer for me? I want to transfer my membership from First Free Methodist Church in Spokane to Deer Flat Free Methodist Church in in Boise. It's easy to write a letter, to send a letter, to transfer membership of a church. Imagine a kingdom membership transfer from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That's huge. That's what Christ in us does. Now, the end of that verse leads right into the next thing it means to have Christ in us, the hope of glory. It means we've been forgiven. Chapter 2, verse 13. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. All the charges against us. The time you stole gum from 7-Eleven. The time when you threw your church library book away instead of returning it a year late because you didn't want to pay the fee. The time you hit your sister in the head with a rock. Gentlemen, the time you took that second glance and it wasn't at your wife. Ladies, the time you allowed your heart to flutter for somebody other than your husband. The time you swore, the time you drank too much, the time you did this. Christ has forgiven it. Why? Christ in us. To be heavy with God. That's what it means also means we are held together with the rest of the body of Christ. 
A lot of you know this has been a challenging summer here at First Church. We've had several families decide to go to other churches. Now I was sitting here reflecting on how Christ holds together the whole body, all the joints, all the ligaments. This is chapter 2, verse 19. For Christ holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. I found hope in the fact that wherever people are going, doesn't matter the sign above their door, Christ is holding His church together. Christ in us, the hope of glory. To be heavy with God also means that we can be seen as holy and blameless. Chapter 1, verse 22. Yet now, God has reconciled you to Himself through the death of Christ in His physical body. As a result, He has brought you into His own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. This ties into that idea of being made whole with Christ. It ties into that idea of a future eternity with heaven, which the hope of glory does mean. Chapter 1, verse 12, He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. That future inheritance, chapter 3, verse 24, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as a reward and that the Master you are serving is Christ. Christ in me. To be heavy with God. What's that mean? That means we're complete. It means our old life has been cut away. It means we've been raised to new life. It it means our membership has been transferred. Our sins have been forgiven. All of His body is being held together. We've been reconciled to God, holy and blameless. And we do have a shared inheritance with Christ. That's what it means for us. If you're following along on your bulletin outline and you flip it over, you'll see that there's questions of, of what does it do for us? Christ in us means all those things, but what does Christ in us do for us? Does it affect change in us? I'm not going to go through all those verses. Okay, I want you to go home and I want you to look at those. I want you to see, does, does that the, is that the kind of change that Christ in me affects? Look through the rest of the book of Colossians. Ask that same question. Ultimately, I believe it's all going to point back to one thing. Christ in us, the hope. Of glory. Paul apparently thought that was a powerful enough argument to attack all the whispering going on. Psst, what, what's the heresy? Paul says, I don't care. It's the hope of glory. Okay? We're a church family. Yes? I want to have a family conversation. I'm going to sit here because I'm sitting as part of you. I mentioned earlier that First Church has had a lot of whispering or uh, uh, some, some difficulty this summer, right? There's been a lot of whispering going on. There's been a lot of hushed conversations wondering, what's the pastor's agenda? What message is he, is he speaking? A lot of whispering, hushed conversation, Okay? I've heard whispers that one of the pastor's goals is to see First Church taken down to a bunch of small groups that never meet on a Sunday morning. That's not true. That's not my goal. Do you want to know what I want to see? Christ in you. 
the hope of glory. There's been whispers that uh, the pastor's sermons are, are lessening Scripture. That people are no longer hearing the Word of God. I don't know what you hear. That's not what I hear. You want to know what I hear? What I want to hear? I want to hear Christ in you being heavy with God. And I want to hear what effect that has on your life with your neighbors, with your co-workers, with your family. Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's been whispers, hushed conversations that pastor doesn't draw a hard enough line in the sand. That he, he may not confront issues from the pulpit. I want to tell you that I do not, I will not use the pulpit for a political agenda. But I will draw a hard line in the sand. Christ in you, the hope of glory or not. You either have it or you don't. There's been some whispers at First Church. If, if you're a visitor, I'm sorry. This is not the norm, okay? I don't normally sit at the end and, and share like this, okay? But there has been whispers. What, what's the pastor's agenda? I want to tell you very clearly, very plainly, the message I speak is this, Christ in you the hope of glory. Christ in you, the unspoken manifestation of God. Christ in you, be heavy with God. Paul says in chapter 3, verse 11, Christ lives in you, and that's all that matters. I want to give you a very practical application out of today's message. I want to quite simply ask you to pray. It's practical, okay? And I want you to pray for me. And I want you to pray very specifically for me. I want to ask you to pray for me the same way that Paul asked the church in Colossae to pray for him. Chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says, pray that I will speak this message as clearly as I should. Pray that I will speak this message as clearly as I should. Pray that for me, please. And pray that when people walk through these doors, they will see Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. They will see it, hear it, believe it, and they will leave changed. Psst. Christ in me. Christ in you, the hope of glory.